0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap.
1: Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks, that's that's where it all starts, it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division.
0: That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top-button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm going to beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online?
1: I, I would definitely say that.
0: The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dudes Tony and the Not Dead, N.W.I. Steve, and we are here to recap the White Sox win over the Texas Rangers nine to seven. Before we do that, be sure you're going to on tapsportsnet.com for your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and on Tap Sportsnet. Following Tony at Tony on Tap, me at Buzz on Tap, and just, just look at Steve. That's all you need to do right now is just look at him. He's looking, he's looking great tonight. He's looking <laughs> great tonight. <laughs> I, I had to do that on the fly. I forgot what to say for a moment. Um, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So give us a five-star rating and review. Grab a victory beer and crack them. Boys, White Sox win this one. Offense wakes up, gets to Dane Dunning early. The Dane Dunning. That was the second coming of Jesus because I saw everywhere. He was going to kick the shit out of us today. Did not happen, but we'll start with the, we'll start with the now, um, the ghost of Steve here, Steve, how are you, my man?
1: Hey, yo, boys. I just have to say here to get things started. The rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. I am indeed still walking amongst the living, despite what you may hear on the Twitter sphere. um, yeah, you know, Buzz, you, you bring up an interesting point here because, look, I, the, the Sox found a way to beat Cy Young tonight because, you know, I, I've been hearing some things, I've been seeing some things through the grapevine here and there that, uh, you know, the Sox made a huge mistake going out and getting Lance Lynn and, and that Dane Dunning was just going to take the ball and just shove it up their ass tonight. And I guess, you know, um, the team just didn't get that memo.
0: No, they didn't. They didn't get the memo. Tony, how, how are you doing, my man? Hey, Buzz, crack em, buddy. Crack them, Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Victory beers on Friday night. There's nothing better. And I got to say first off, I'm just, I'm happy that you're here, Steve. Like we're seeing you, you're in the flash. Like we know you're not dead now. That's a great thing. You know, like I, I've gotten a few replies from people on Twitter wondering where you're at. Uh, I've, I've told them you're alive. We saw like Pat Kamiski today come out finally you're off Twitter and You know, the Seinfeld hate is flowing through White Sox Twitter. Yeah, what the fuck
1: was that shit? It's been
0: an interesting, interesting time on White Sox Twitter since your departure. But uh, I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad we're talking about a winner tonight. And, uh, boys, we're all going to be at the ballpark tomorrow night, and I think that that's pretty cool and tough, too. So cheers to that. Happy Friday to everybody who's in here listening to this right now, and uh, let's talk some winning baseball. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely just to build off of the uh off the beans. You were telling people Steve was alive. I was in fact telling them that he had uh passed on. <laughs> so, it's just I
1: got some idioms. Hey, so hey bu- Buzz, you know, you know, here here's what I'm thinking, you know. I I went through my my little gimmick during spring training of just, you know, sarcasm and and kind of like trying to be the the spring training overreactor. Maybe now what I'm going to do here during the season is maybe I just kind of switch gimmicks and kind of go like 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 a sting style gimmick, you know, at the early phases of the crow, you know, I just disappear every once in a while. And then periodically I just pop in there, you know, when people least expect it, you never know when I'm going to be there. So you always got to just tune in just in case.
0: You know I'm a sting mark, so I absolutely love that. It's great. Next time paint your face, please. I would really appreciate I would really appreciate that.
1: I mean um, he did his hair tonight,
0: Buzz. I mean give him give him a little bit of credit. He did his hair, he's looking good. He's alive and well. You don't need to have to paint his face. He does look really good and I feel like I feel like SpongeBob, right now I did all this yard work, my home, and my arms hurt, and I'm not really sure what to do with my hands. It's
1: just, uh, uh, I don't know. But l- you- l- l- listen, I, I had I had a couple of meetings today here, so you know, in the spirit of fooling people into thinking that I am somewhat of a professional, uh, during the hours of 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday here, I, I I do still have the hair going here. I, I think I put together, I think a decent performance. I'd give it about an 8.5 on on the scale here today. Feel pretty good about it. Over Overall, so yeah, let's uh, let's go.
0: Absolutely, let, let, let's get this going. As Tony's pointed out, we have done every game this year. Sox on Tap crew's been here every game. Tomorrow isn't going to be the case because the Sox on Tap crew and a bunch of the On Tap Sportsnet crew is going to be at the game. Now, you have been, our boy Johnny has been. This is Tony and I's first time making our return to the rate since COVID has started. So we're going to, we're going to live it up tomorrow. We'll be bringing a bunch of live content from the Sox on tap Twitter page from all of our Twitter pages besides Steve. Cause he's dead. What, what
1: is this Twitter thing that you speak of?
0: It, it, I'll show you later. It's on tap after dark. We actually call it twatter at that time. So I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm getting off the rails. Um, it's Friday night, buzz. It's, it's Friday, Friday night. night. Let him- it's Friday night. I premature Peter too. You cracked your beer and you got to say the crack them thing. And I already cracked mine. I, I got premature on us here, but let's talk about this, man. Nine to seven socks come out. Um, and, you know, Dane Dunning got to us quick, right? I mean, in the first inning there, you know, we, he had two strikeouts. I have, I, I'm pulling up my, my beautiful notes here that uh, ended up stopping eventually, but we have Willie Calhoun comes up. In the first one, Cease takes him out. Cease gets a strikeout. After that, um, I want I want Steve to actually touch on this. Then we're gonna get to Tony. I'm gonna b- butcher his last name because I it, it was K- Kenner Falafa. Did I do that right? I think I did that right, actually. We butcher names on this show. It's it's part of the it's part of the culture here. Yeah, it's what I do. I, I I'm terrible at it. But he hits a ball to center field to Luis Robert. This thing like hop, like I felt like it's a weird like hopper. He misplayed it and then it got past him. He grabs it and then he lackadaisically throws the ball in and he gets to third base on that. Steve, what the hell happened with that?
1: Ah, uh, to quote the baseball classic movie Durham, he was lollygagging out there. I, I mean, I mean, there, there's just no other explanation for it. Um, look, he, he kind of got a little bit of an in-between hop right there when he was going to try to field it, and and then when the ball ricocheted off him and got and got past him, he he didn't go after it, you know, particularly quick. Put his head down and and wasn't being mindful of where Kiner Falafu was relative to second base and basically allowed him to go and take an extra 90 feet. Unfortunately, the size were able to make sure that that didn't hurt him in the end.
0: Right. And Tony, I mean, I, I know that, you know, when things like that happen, you tend to think that is lame and weak first. in what, what, what was that? What did you think of that? I do. I'm, I'm at, I was actually at the, uh, at the ball field watching my son's game at the time. And, and I had the, uh, little iPad down on the ground Sox game going and like, and it felt like I was still watching the little league game right there. I don't, I don't like that shit. Uh, You know, you need a little bit of hustle, but I mean, it is Luis Robert. I, I, I trust that that will not continue to happen. Uh, But I hate seeing the little league shit. Uh, I talk about this with Sean Roberts. It feels like almost daily whenever we see these little insensical things that the white Sox tend to do, like getting the ball back in in time, uh, you know, just not backing other players up, just shit like that. Grinds my gears, man. Grinds my gears. Uh, and it absolutely should. You know, we don't want that to happen, especially with a team that's floating around 500. There are 500 at this point in the game, you know, obviously. And it, you have to come out hot you have to play it on both ends, man. You got to hit the ball. You got to score runs. You got to play good defense. No mental mistakes. Get over the damn hump. So after that, and the reason I'm, I'm getting so deep into this first quarter is because it's a typical Dylan C start here, right? Are you on Bulls on tap? did I say bulls? You said first quarter. Oh my God! Friday night, buddy. Let it roll. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, man. It's just I I hop between them so much I, I just get myself all confused. But the reason I'm touching into this so much is because it's a typical Dylan Cease inning. Um, there we go. Inning. <laughs> Joey Gallo comes up. He he draws walk. Nate Low comes up. Cease goes down three nothing. He walks, You know, Low walks. Bases loaded, one out. Aldis Garcia comes up, strikeout. And then uh, Nick Salak Solak was Solak comes up. He's local product, right? He comes up. He pops out to right field. But the, the the thing with this is Cease throws 33 pitches in the first inning, and we get a we get a um a tweet from the Sox on Tap account that it's just typical 300 pitches for Cease in the first inning. He ends up getting out of it. Bottom of the first. Dane Dunning on the mound, TA7 strikes out, Eaton strikes out, Makata walks, Abreu grounds out, getting the force out at second base. So nothing really goes down there. Let's get into, nothing of note really happens after that. Two strikeouts for Cease in the second. Um, You know, bottom of the second, not much really goes on. Top of the third, Cease kind of does his thing. He has a really nasty slider to end the inning on Gallo. Bottom of the third is where magic happens, boys. They go through the order in the bottom of the third. We get a magical single. T.A. singles up the middle, Magical to second. Eaton is at the plate. A wild pitch ensues. T.A. to second, Magical to third. And then it just starts a huge, basically, a, a, kind of like a rally at that point. Um, Eaton ends up... Uh, getting on, or I'm sorry, it was a ground rule double. I think actually, yeah, he gets a ground rule double that which scores two runs. They go up two nothing. Mancata hits hits an absolute piss missile after that, which scores Eaton, and that's the start of the scoring. There, we, they go up three nothing, and then they just start scoring the ball. It's just absolutely fantastic hitting the ball, getting on base, go through the order. Sox end up going up five nothing, and Dunning's pulled in the bottom of the third. So what did you think about that third inning there? Start with Steve.
1: It, essentially it here's here's what it came down to. And they kind of showed some of the changes that Cease has made to his pitch arsenal and his overall pitch mix here through those first three starts of the year, being more sinker dependent versus the four seamer and still utilizing the changeup and and not really utilizing the curveball that much. Um, you really saw it those for those first two innings. He had really strong movement on on that sinker there. And it was almost like the Sox hitters didn't quite know what to expect from his ball. Um, that first time through the order there. And you could just kind of, one of the things is, as a pitcher and as someone that, you know, watches the game and you hear stone talk about this and you'll hear other people talk about it is you can always tell if a pitcher has good stuff by the reactions of the hitter, by their, by their faces, by the types of swings that they're taking at the ball. And even some of these guys like the, the Eaton at bat that eaten strikeout in the, in the first thing, he kind of had this look on his face, like what the hell was that? And so you know, they they obviously didn't have a good understanding as far as how his ball was moving initially with, the, with this, you know, new sinker heavy approach here. And second time through the order there, they obviously had that expectation, had a little bit of a better sense as far as what his ball was going to be doing on a pitch to pitch basis. And they were really going up there and attacking it, getting themselves in position to do damage. With, with pitches and not getting deep into counts to allow him to utilize a breaking ball to p- try to put guys away quickly. So they made some really nice a- adjustments to their overall offensive approach there uh, based off of what Dane Dunning was doing, and he didn't really adjust back quick enough to be able to last longer in the game.
0: No, absolutely, Tony. So I kind of miss when he got pulled because I was helping our boy, Summer George, get online and uh, and watch this game on the internets uh, at the time. But, uh, you know, going back to Cease's overall start, uh, the, the first inning, you know, just running up the pitch count, unnecessary shit, uh, you know, that that starts to lead you into trouble in later innings, and and you can't go as far into the ball game when you have to, you know, get yourselves out of jams early, start – you know, throwing a few extra unnecessary pitches. Um, Just not Chris, man. It's just the same shit that we talk about on this show over and over and over again with Dylan Cease. I was actually texting with uh, Andrew Kinsler, uh, who you hear on this show from time to time during this whole entire uh, start between Dunning and and Cease. And one thing that we were going back and forth with was, you know, just the trade talk of, you know, why did we we trade Dunning, you know, this future Cy Young, Dane Dunning, Uh, For Lance Lynn, we were kind of debating that whole thing back and forth. And one thing that I think that like people don't understand too is that, in my opinion, Dane Dunning was actually a little bit more valuable on the trade market than Dylan Cease was over this past off season. And you guys feel free to debate this, but Dane Dunning was the guy that got that start in Game Three, not Dylan Cease. Um, And if you go back before uh, Dane Dunning had to have uh, Tommy John surgery, he was a highly thought of prospect and probably had a little bit more fanfare than than a Dylan Cease would have gotten if Dane Dunning arrived first. Um, I think just with the way that things panned out, you get D- uh, Dylan Cease coming up here in a year where there's fans. Then you see Dane Dunning come up in a year where there's there's no fans, and, and people kind of started to think that Dane Dunning was a guy that was below Dylan Cease. Now, I'm happy to see that the White Sox offense attack Dane Dunning, but Dylan Cease has his question marks too here. Um, I wouldn't really rate him over over a guy like Dane Dunning, and I still have a lot of questions as to whether or not he's going to be a long-term rotation piece because of this shit that we see in the first and second innings that first time through the order. If you're a starter, that's one of the most important things is getting through it at least one time because if you can't make it through there, we we see what we had tonight, and that's a bullpen game basically. I'll go back to you guys on that.
1: Well, Tony, Tony, Tony. Well, let me let me expand on something that, that you said here, Buzz. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, I think one of the key differences with Cease versus Dunning, and and that whole debate is, Dunning's stuff isn't particularly sexy. No, Maybe it's Dunning's- not.
0: And that's actually something that Kinsler and I talked about was that it it's it's not sexy. It's all command. It's all just around right. the plate. He's a guy that puts the ball in the strike zone. He's not going to overpower you but he's also not going to have those control issues.
1: Exactly, and and so when when you when you talk about you know Cease having uh you know maybe more fanfare versus Dunning, I think it's because Cease's stuff that has an electricity to it. Now we have not seen him be able to put it together to be able to utilize uh, that that electric stuff on a consistent basis or even a semi consistent basis. Whereas you know I think Dane Dunning is is going to be a guy that he's going to be a good consistent rotation piece for for an extended period of time and like you i'm beginning to have some significant question marks about the viability of dylan Cease as a starter this is something i wrote about in the off season here and a lot of people told me i was crazy and said oh oh you know you can't be giving up on this guy he's made 20 some starts or whatever and the question that i posed to a couple people and some people didn't really like it uh, back when i was using some form of social media that i, I don't even know if it's still around anymore um but you know, the question that I that I posed to people was, if you stick with a guy, if, if you see some warning signs, are you ending up with Reynaldo Lopez 2.0? That,
0: that's a really that, – at the time, you might be able to label that a meatball take, Steve. You might be able to go and say that was a meatball take at the time, but right now I'm I'm 100% right there with you. And even further, I'll double down I'll ask you guys this question – What's the leash that he should have this year in a year where you're competing? If you have a question mark in your rotation, is Michael Kopek the next guy up? Like what what's your thoughts here? How long does this go on? I'll crack another one. I don't know how long it goes on, but we do have a comment from Sock Side Mike here. He was saying that during the Larusa presser, he was not at all happy with Cease and he's just reading in between the lines. That's from side. Mike. I missed TLR's uh postgame presser there, but I keep waiting for the game that Cease comes out and it's all put together and I just never see it because it hasn't really happened yet. And coming off of, you know, two game, two games off, or not two days off, I'm sorry, you know, with the, with the snow out in Cleveland and the off day that was scheduled already for Thursday, I was really hoping Cease could go later in because we have this weekend series here against Texas. Again, Monday we do have an off day as well. But it's just I'm waiting for this game where he comes out and he can go longer than – Five innings, and in tonight it's three and a third. And I feel like like, I've been waiting that, waiting for that the whole time, exactly. And it's just not happening. And I, I think it's fair to question and have your concerns on it, as Steve pointed out before. And I understand that he's still a relatively young pitcher, but it's nothing seems to have improved since he came up at the tail end of 2019. And then we saw what he did last year in 2020. This is a guy that didn't get the game, you know, the ball in game three of the playoffs in favor of a guy in Dane Dunning. Guys, so, we got to be careful and cut this off before like Cubs fans start getting in the mentions talking about who won the uh, Eloy trade. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did. So fuck them. But anyway, you know, I, I just, I, I'm waiting for the game that he puts it together. As far as a, a leash goes on it, I have no idea. Uh, honest to God, I, I really don't. I mean, he he worked himself out of a jam today, but it's just you know when he comes out to pitch that your bullpen's coming in early, and you have to be prepared for that for the next day. And, and that's just what it comes down to.
1: And that's really a major problem here because – and I, I've been trying to beat this point into the ground here because you know these first three starts he was able to go out there and get 14 outs – Tonight, he was able to go out and get 10. Um, that's just simply not going to get it done. You cannot continue to be putting your bullpen in this position where every fifth day they're going to have to cover you know, 12 to 15 outs. That's just simply – that's a recipe for disaster for a bullpen that really – is struggling right now, To if we're going to be totally honest with things, overworking them here during the month of April is not going to help the cause, especially once the calendar flips. Once we get to August, this is a good way to have a bullpen burnt out during the stretch run right there. So uh, as far as how long of a leash they're really going to have, it, it's hard to say from that perspective. And they don't necessarily have great alternatives because I, I just don't think you can go to Michael Kopech yet because he's not going to be stretched out. And again, Buzz, we talked about this last time we, we did one of these shows together. This team intends on playing meaningful games in late September and into October, and they want Michael Kopech throwing pitches during those meaningful games. You can't do that if you insert him into the starting rotation here in April and May.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's impossible. Uh, he's he's being uh, obviously we know he's going to be monitored as the season goes on, and that's the reason they had him in the bullpen. You know, like that's that's a big reason for it is because they're going to use him sparingly when they can and when they have to, because they want him to be here towards the end. And if, but if he keeps doing things like he's doing now, especially against better teams than the Texas Rangers, he's he's going to throw he's going to pitch us out of a lot of games more than he keeps us in them. And, and that's an issue, but I, I digress you know, he, I guess he did enough, you know, and he did do enough for the Sox to, to win tonight because of their offense. Um, I want to get into a couple more scoring plays here for the Sox. And I want to start with Yoan Mankata before we move into the urinator. Mankata struggled heavily to start the season off. He was batting primarily in the four hole. He's been in the three hole a couple times here and he's just, he's, he's hitting the ball. I mean, he's just tearing the cover off of the ball right now. Tonight, Yohan Mankata has three hits, okay, and he has uh, three RBIs. And in the fourth, he reached on an infield single, which scored Tim Anderson. What have you guys thought about Yoan Mankata's play here recently? Because, I mean, I feel like he's starting to see the ball. He was actually attacked early a couple times tonight, which was great, was not as patient as we typically see him. What what, what are you guys thinking about him right now? You feel comfortable with him being in this three spot? Because as, as you both know, I love him in the two spot. Tony, we'll start with you on that one. You know, Buzz, I I just want to see Yoan Mancada get back to the Yoan Mancada that, that people want to see. I believe it was a show that I did with Johnny where I talked about. I feel like we haven't had enough Yoan Mancada moments as a fan base to celebrate, um, and and. Dude, he he has all the tools. He's got everything that you need to be a successful ball player in the MLB and more. Um, and I think that nights like tonight are nights where you can actually sit back and be like, "Yeah, that's a, that that that's a guy that looks like a superstar." Um, so it's more important to me to see him get hot and stay consistent than to have sporadic performances like this that just leave us wanting a little bit more. Um, you know, he, he's he's uber patient at the plate. He does he does so well at, at taking pitches that are out of the zone, sometimes to his own fault. Uh, and you want to see him be aggressive and attack. And you saw that tonight. You saw him attack some pitches that uh, he can hit and he can handle. And man, that's, that's just what he has to do. So to me, like what I think about Yoan Mankata overall is tonight was great. Let's go and repeat that performance over a stretch of you know five six games. Get things really consistent because when you start getting yoan Mancada hot, when you start getting Luis Robert hot, when you start getting Jose Abreu hot, we're talking about a lineup that's missing it's 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 Masher and Eloy Jimenez. Like just think about how sexy that is for for two seconds. If you can get all of those guys mashing, you see what Tim Anderson brings back uh, when he comes into this lineup. When you get all these guys rolling like that, this is the standard. This is the standard of White Sox baseball that you should expect. And anything less than than this offense rolling the way it has been over these last two games should be questioned. And we should be disappointed in that because this team has all the talent in the world. And it starts with guys like Yoan Moncada having performances like t- he did tonight.
1: Steve? Well, you know, first things first here, I cannot confirm or deny whether or not Mankata has been finding his way back into the uh, underground club scene here in Northwest Indiana for a little slump buster action. Um, I've got some of my sources in the field checking into this here. So, you know, stay stay tuned. You know, maybe this will be a little on tap Sportsnet uh, investigative story here. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep everyone posted on that here. But how are you going to also- let
0: people know, Steve? How are you going to let people know?
1: Listen, I, I've I've got my ways. I've got my avenues of getting information out there. Maybe I'll look. Maybe I'll go old school like they did back in like send the 70s. a pigeon,
0: send a pigeon like a no, carrier no. pigeon out Listen, to you know the the field, and we'll we'll receive it there.
1: Maybe it'll be like in like they did in the 1970s and the 1980s, and a vi- and a videotape will just end up on someone's doorstep, and 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 then it'll just be broadcast to the masses. You know, we'll we'll kick it old school here, but. I digress. Anyway, um, the the plate appearances have been much better the the last I would say maybe three or four games here from Mancada. So really starting to show, I think a, a better overall plate approach, and it's it's almost making me wonder here maybe did this move to the number three spot with Abreu hitting behind him uh, has that maybe altered his mentality a little bit now to where he is not being overly aggressive and not being overly passive at the plate. And he's kind of letting the bats come to him, working himself into some better counts, And then when he's getting himself into those counts, looking for pitches to drive and, and to hit um, with authority here. So it'll be nice to see if this is something that can keep up. But uh, I, I think Tony may be onto something here.
0: I also want to touch into another guy here as well. Because, you know, we're, we're going through the innings here and then we're just kind of getting into the – into the guys that performed real well tonight, your uh, mean Mercedes, you know, he has another big game boys. Uh, you know, he, he has four hits tonight, three RBIs. He raises his average to four twenty-nine. I mean, this guy has been into Tony's point about having missing Eloy in this lineup. Who's a guy that mashes. Obviously he is missed, but this guy has been absolutely on fire. I, uh, absolutely on fire. You know, he he's responsible for three RBIs tonight, four hits, He just, the guy doesn't, he doesn't miss. He's just a pleasure to watch. And he's been a very integral in this White Sox lineup, a a big part of what the Sox are trying to do offensively. And he just plays a a great game in the seventh. He doubles to deep, right? You know, he scores a run, you know, in the, in what was at the, uh, third inning he has that that like bloop, like that that single to like right field kind of on the line there and he you know it scores two i mean he's just been absolutely fantastic your your mean mercedes has been the pleasant surprise for the white Sox this year and i'm just super stoked that i get to watch him tomorrow in person um please tony Larusa, please i just want to watch him in person Um, uh, but speak speak on him tonight too as well and what he did
1: I think it's just a continuation of quality at bass that we've seen from your mate from the outset of the season here. And we're seeing him do it in a variety of different ways. We're seeing him getting into quality hitters' counts and again, drive, looking to drive the ball with authority. We saw that with that pivotal RBI. Double that he hit there in the, um, what was that, the seventh seventh or the eighth inning there. But then also, as you mentioned, Buzz, there, that at bat in the third inning, when he just, you know, gets behind an account, one two situation, fouls off a couple of tough pitches here, shortens up his stroke, and just kind of fists one in there, find a little small green patch of grass to drive in a couple of runs. So he's really adapting from pitch to pitch within the at bat right there and altering his, his plate approach to get the job done.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Tony, you know, you're in Mercedes, man. Like there's, is there a better story in baseball right now? Is this guy the face of baseball? Is he, is he the greatest hitter of all time? I think these are questions that may not be answered yet, but if you retired today, I mean, I think that that's, that's going to go down in history Yerman Mercedes, just such a fucking awesome story. Did you see that post game interview, guys? Like, holy shit, man! Like, he doesn't even need to say words. He just needs to show up on camera, and he's already a legend. It, it's it, it, it's it's history in the making, and we're watching it. This is Yerman Mercedes' team now, like. There's so many things. As long as he doesn't go play first base again and, and make a bonehead play, I think like there's nothing that this guy can do wrong at this point in time. Let's go back through White Sox DH history over the last few years and look at the shit that we've been dealt. Do we have to? AJ Reed. <laughs> yeah, AJ Reed. Like there's there's like the first fucking name that comes off the top of your head. Uh, Yonder Alonzo experiment. Like Edwin we can go. Inverso. We can go back to Adam LaRoche. We can go. Don't throw Edwin in there. Just- parrots are cool and tough. We love parrots here. We're not anti-animal on this show. <laughs> what? We're not anti-animal. We're not gonna we're not gonna go against the parrot. Okay. Let's leave him alone. It was it was a weird year, but no, like has there been a more consistent DH for the White Sox? No. In in the last five years than Yerman Mercedes so far. I mean he's putting up ridiculous video game stats. And I myself thought, like, when this whole thing started, when he went on that eight-game, like, streak, I'm like, this is just, like, beginner's luck shit, right? Like, do you you guys have that feeling, too, where you're like, this is going to die off at some point in time, probably soon, and there might be a time where we're complaining about Yearman Mercedes batting the lineup? Because that's where I was maybe, like, four or five days into the season. Uh, I was like, I don't know if this is sustainable. And now he looks like a real fucking hitter.
1: I will say this, like, I I don't know that I ever really had that mentality with Mercedes, just because if you go back and if you look at the totality of his career throughout the minor leagues. Nobody would,
0: nobody would know if you had that opinion before, because you're not on social media anymore.
1: Nevertheless. If you go to this little magical place called the Interwebs that was invented by Al Gore at some point in the 1980s, and if you type in www.fangraphs.com.gif.org or however you know the interwebs work, I don't really know these kinds of things. Um it, you can see your me Mercedes stats from the entirety of his minor league career, whether it was in the Orioles organization, the Nationals organization, and now the White Sox he has hit at every single level that he has performed at and so this is a guy that as as the competition has has risen so has his results and this is a guy that he went to double a birmingham in a place where hitters usually go to die and he continued to mash there got to charlotte hitters paradise hammered the ball some more so this guy has pr- proven consistently that you put him in the batter's box, he's going to get results. The question was always, always, how do you get him on the field? How do you get him enough at bats for that bat to be of utility to, to an organization? Now, obviously, the Eloy injury um, did kind of help this situation along here. But did I think he was going to be at this level? No, but I, I, what, I can't say I was surprised to see him come in here and have some success.
0: I just want to know why the Charlotte Knights were not, like, the fucking champions of every single league that he was a part of that team for
1: because the way he's go, hitting go, the go ball right a, now. Go take a look at the pitching staffs that uh, that they've had. That'll give you your answer. Not great, Bob. Yeah,
0: not, not great. Not great at all. So moving out of the love fest here for the White Sox offense, you know, they they get us up, like we said, 5 nothing really early. The fifth inning is when Texas, uh, or I'm sorry, the top of the fourth inning is when uh, Texas comes on there. Solak homers to left. It scores low. In the fifth inning, and this is off of Cease, Garcia homer to center. Calhoun scored. And uh, Kiner Falafa scored. Now, this is when um, Dylan Cease is pulled from the game, and we get Evan Marshall. Now, Evan Marshall struggles a little bit. You know, it was one and two-thirds there. He lets up two hits, three runs, all of them earned. He walks one, has one strikeout. He let up a long ball. We get into Matt Foster. He only goes two-thirds. He uh, lets up a run. It's earned off of a walk. He has two strikeouts. Then we get Aaron Bummer. Moving, uh, he goes just one batter. He, he let up two hits. and we get into Cody Hoyer, who also lets up two hits. And then we get into Liam Hendricks there who goes one and two thirds. He lets up one hit, which was a home run there in the bottom of the, or I'm sorry, in the top of the ninth to Garcia again. Um, And he strikes out five. Now, Steve, you pointed out earlier in the episode about the bullpen and how it's been kind of struggling lately. When is it time to hit the panic button, man? Because I'm kind of worried with the inconsistencies that we're seeing there and guys not performing how I guess I mean, would you say this is fair, how we're kind of used to them performing?
1: It is very fair to to say that. they This bullpen has not performed as advertised coming into the season here. Um, Aaron Bummer famously said that he thought that this team was going to be like 90-0 if they led after six innings, and then that uh, stat went by the wayside after the first game of the season there. And everybody, again, knows that I have been championing this bullpen all off season here and, and into the first three weeks of the season. Um, I would say that maybe the concern meter will start to rise a little bit. If another three weeks from now, if things have not um, subsided and have not kind of normalized, so to speak, then I think it's definitely fair to start looking at this and saying, okay, you know, maybe this bullpen just isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. Um, a. I say this a lot and I I tell this to people frequently and a lot of people tell me I'm an idiot for saying it, but I believe it 100%. The most misleading month of baseball in a season is April because you see a lot of things that just don't make sense. You'll see teams that have injuries coming out of spring training and you have quad A guys that are in there that are you know, getting a little cup of coffee and having some good success because early in the season, weird shit just happens. If we get to the middle of May and this bullpen is still performing at this level, then yes, at that point, absolutely, let's start having some questions about what's what's going on. Coop will fix him.
0: Whoa, 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 I got them both. Oh yeah, you got me both. Um, I actually had a text message from the old man here tonight uh, during the game about Liam Hendricks, and he just goes, "I know Colomay is struggling in Minnesota, but this is something that I haven't felt like we've need to worry about." Uh, in the last Wait, which,
1: years. by the way, you just you really hate to see that, don't you?
0: Yeah, I hate to see it. I hate to see it. But
1: I know, actually, 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 let me, let me take this opportunity to say that I I, 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 have been converted. I am now Alex Colome's biggest supporter. I, I, I'm very much a, a Columne guy now at this point because he's making me happy very early on in this season. So go Alex Colome, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. I love you.
0: Well, this goes back to our episode we had, Steve, and I thought you had agreed with me that we had both state or I had stated and you agreed that Alex Colome went to Minnesota for one reason, one reason only.
1: Hashtag just, inside inside job.
0: Yes, it's an inside job over there. He is doing this purposely. It's tinfoil hat time over here. Yes. He's doing this purposely to take the twins out, to make the Kansas City Royals our biggest threat. That's what he's doing. That that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Let's, not that, talk about, but let's not say Kansas City Royals and threaten the same fucking sentence on the show, <laughs> please, ever again.
1: <laughs> Guys, can can you answer me this? Because I, you know, I, I hear some things going through the grapevine that uh there, there's some some loud, obnoxious, fat guy on this website that's like a huge Alex Colomay defender, and he's always looking to try to make excuses for him. I heard his I heard his name's like Twins fan Ken. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've never, never come across him ever. Is is he still doing the this thing? I heard that he's just making excuses every time Colomay fucks up.
0: I cannot confirm nor deny that is happening.
1: You'd, you'd probably
0: have to get back on that thing called social media to find out. Yeah. You definitely have to find that out. <laughs> but, it's a weird place though. I don't know if you want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it is a very odd place. Sometimes I question why I'm there, but I'm there because I we've made some great friends along the way. But – Liam Hendricks closes down the game here. Um, You know, like I said, five strikeouts, one and two thirds there. And the Sox end up winning this one nine to seven after having a five, nothing lead Texas crept back in. And I'm more along the lines, worried a little bit about tomorrow that we've seen Marshall Foster bummer and Hoyer used. I know that we, you know, we we have Kopeck waiting in the wings. Dallas Keuchel's going nine fucking innings tomorrow. We're all gonna watch another another no hitter tomorrow. That's that's what's that's what's happening. We're not gonna need the bullpen. It's gonna be a fucking magical night on the south side. I feel like you're saying that because we're making our return more than you believe that it's gonna happen. Hey,
1: the boys are back in town.
0: That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, we're gonna
1: we're gonna have to feel the bang tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we're yep. Oh my gosh, you are my diamond nails. It Pee- might just be like the five Budweisers I've been through since we started this show, but I'm feeling good. It's Friday night. Let's let's make some predictions. Okay, well, I mean that's fair. So, uh, Sox win this one, nine to seven. Offense was booming. Uh, we pointed out the pitching woes that kind of took place, and we'll, I guess we'll move into tomorrow's game. So tomorrow we do play again the Texas Rangers. Kyle Gibson going up against Dallas Keuchel. Kyle Gibson's 2-0 with a 2.53 ERA in 21 and a third innings pitched. He has let up 18 hits. He struck out 18 and walked six. He's going up against Dallas Keuchel, Diamond Dallas Keuchel, 5.68 ERA in 19 innings pitched. He has let up 19 hits. He has struck out 10, walked seven, and let up three home runs. So I, I was expecting, like what we talked about earlier, Tony, wasn't it? It was still TBD when we had talked on the phone earlier, I believe, and then they – they it was right. it was TBD as of like eleven AM this morning. Right. So and I, I, I was kind of hoping it'd be Giolito, but um he, he's gonna be going Sunday. Um but yeah, we have we have Dallas Keichel on the mound tomorrow and Steve, I'm gonna let you get into this a little bit, break this down. What do we need to see out of Keichel? What does he need to do differently here? Because he has not been, I mean, he had a decent outing his last outing, but he has not been the guy that we had saw last year.
1: Pound the lower third of the strike zone, get ahead. 01 02 12. It's very simple with, with Diamond Dallas. And really, th- this is the formula that Sox pitchers in general need to be following. We're not seeing enough of this. And I need 18 outs tomorrow. It's that simple. I don't care how you get it done. I don't care if you don't strike out a single damn hitter. I don't care if it's 17 ground ball outs or 17 fly balls to the warning track. I need 18. Count them, 18 solid outs out of you tomorrow, Diamond Dallas. You're a veteran. You like to be a very heavy presence in that clubhouse. You like to be a guy that, um, you know, kind of puts your name on on things and tries to show leadership by being very vocal, whether it's in the media or in the clubhouse. You know what tomorrow you need to do? You need to, you need to nut up. You need to go out there. You need to get 18 fucking outs and put this bullpen in a position to go out there and wrap shit up because, you know what, they're taxed. Coming off of a, a two-day layoff, they had to cover a lot of ground today. you got to go out there. you got to make it up tomorrow.
0: Tom? As Soxide Mike says, your starters need to go more than five, and I love that. Part of the problem with the bullpen this early is that they've been absolutely taxed by things like Dylan C-Starts. Steve, I love what you said about you know April being confusing and and not exactly like the best representation of what a baseball team is. I mean, we we we've seen this team go off and rattle off what was it like 23 and 10 or whatever back in 2016.
1: Hashtag, hashtag never forget.
0: Never forget that. This is this is not the month where you're gonna evaluate who the contenders are. That's why I say, like, don't say the Royals and and you know, big problems for the White Sox early <laughs> on right joking. now. it is <laughs> I, no, I know that. I know you are, but some people may take that seriously um and 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 run with that. but no, we, we need to figure out some of these problems. We need to get to a point where the things are working the way that uh, Aaron Bummer said they would. like this team on paper should be able to close ball games down if they have a lead after six innings. We talked about it on the season preview show with all of us this team should be able to shorten ball games. that's the way it was designed to work. We've been able to win in despite of the fact that uh, the plan hasn't exactly gone the way that we've drawn it up and that's great we've we're above 500 right now. let's not forget that. Um, and I, I really would consider this to be a mediocre stretch of baseball for a White Sox team that should be much better than what they have been so far. Um, so the bar is higher than what we have right now. If we're looking at this realistically, Dallas Keuchel should be able to carry you six, seven innings every time he comes out of, uh, out to pitch. Same with Lance Lynn, same with Lucas Giolito. Uh, the bullpen has been overtaxed thus far not too worried about it until we get our starters to where they need to be because I'd say that they're the ones who are underperforming to this point in time and and giving the bullpen a shitty card to deal with. So that's what I'm expecting out of Dallas Keuchel tomorrow. Let's right the ship. I know I just said no hitter a little bit ago, but give me eight solid innings of like three hit ball, maybe one run, and let the offense do what it did tonight. That's a recipe for success, my friends. We'll be drinking victory beers tomorrow night. Absolutely. Let's get into our picks, of cl- picks to click for tomorrow. Steve, go ahead and choose yours.
1: All right. I'm going to go with Mr. Adam Eaton. You know, everybody knows Kyle Gibson spent a lot of time with the Minnesota Twins. Eaton obviously saw plenty of him during his first go-around with the Sox. I'm looking for big things out of the Spanky tomorrow.
0: Tone? Stole mine. I was going to ride Eaton back-to-back. Back, so uh, with that said... Uh... If Andrew Vaughn's in the lineup, I think I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn. Um, you know, he had a few solid hits tonight. I want to see him leave the ballpark though, and I think that we might see some some fireworks tomorrow night. I think that'd be cool. I love fucking fireworks. Andrew Vaughn. I think it'd be really cool if we saw his uh, you know, first long ball altogether. That'd be a really good story for the uh, on tap guys. I'm going to ride pedo again because he didn't have a great uh, game at the plate today. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride pedo. For tomorrow, um, that, that's my pick to click. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we we ride on out here? I've got one. Go ahead. Steve's alive. That's a good thing for all of us. He, it's just it's it, it's alive. great. Steve's alive. He's talking to us. We're talking White Sox baseball. It's a good night for White Sox Twitter. It's Friday night.
1: Boy, We're talking about a
0: White Sox winner, and Steve's oh. here. So that's that's good.
1: Let me, let me tell you those, those people within, uh, this, this, is it, is it called a Twitter sphere? Is, is that is. the, is that the, okay. Okay. Or uh, track terms. Okay. Those people that are asleep right now and missing this boy, are they in for a, a rude awakening in the morning here? Hopefully Sal, you know, you know, I, I, my, my good friend, Sal, listen, Hey, forever. Too sweet, my man. Um, hopefully he gets this message here and, and hopefully he knows that, you know, you're, you'll always be my Huckleberry Sal. Um, you know you're, you're you're my you're one of my NWO guys, but um, you know, hey folks, you just got to keep tuning in here to to the ONTAP Sportsnet Sox post game shows because you never know when NW, Nwi Steve is going to show up.
0: Fantastic! I love the I love the closing thoughts there. So everybody, be sure you're going on ONTAPSportsnet.com for our Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Sox on Tap, at Tap Sportsnet, giving us a five-star rating and review anywhere you can listen to podcasts, and checking out Grandstand. You can find them on socials at GrandstandSox or go to GrandstandSox.com to get all of your White Sox gear. They have everything. Every major Chicago sport team, they have it there. So check out Grandstand. It's located right by the ballpark. And tomorrow, just a friendly reminder, if you're listening to this in the morning, if you're here live with us right now, we will be in attendance. So if you want to come and chill, have a beer with us somewhere, let us know. We'd love to have a beer with anybody that wants to come through. That's all I got, boys. I'll lead it out. White Sox forever.
1: White Sox forever. White Sox for life.